Change my name forever free. 
the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior.
promise that never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love, your unending love, your love never fails, it never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love. Your love. sound 
I ask you, could you just put your arms around you as far as your arms can reach and beyond that, God is there. He's not far from you. He's not up here. And he's not just back there. He's all around wherever you are. So we're going to sing this again and just touch the Lord because he's actually holding you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. All around. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how my victories in Jesus' name. 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 This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. In the spirit of King David, let's sing this out. That this is how I fight my battles. This is how I slay my giants. And not only my giants, but the giants of this culture. The giants of this community. The giants of my home. The giants of social media and the news. The giants of the enemy and the lies and the chains. This is how. This is how I stand before the giant. I come and worship before my king. In the spirit of King David. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sing it out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you.
good. Did you know that mountains do quake in his presence? Mountains quake in the presence of the Lord. I looked that up. I found one, two, three, four, five, six verses that talked about mountains quaking, and I'm sure there's more than that. But let me just read them to you. Judges 5 5. The mountains quaked at the presence of the Lord. Yes, this Sinai at the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel. Ezekiel 38 20. So that the fishes of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, all the creatures that crawl on the earth, and all the men that are on the face of the earth will tremble and shake at the presence. The mountains will crumble. The steeple place, the steep places will fall and every wall will fall to the ground Isaiah 64 3 when you did awesome and amazing things which we did not expect you came down at Sinai the mountains quaked at your presence Psalm 68 8 the earth trembled the heavens also poured down rain at the presence of God Sinai itself trembled at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Psalms 97.5, the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Nahum 1.5, the mountains quake before him and the hills melt away. Indeed, the earth is shaken by his presence. Yes, the world and all that dwell in it. Amen. Amen. The mountains tremble at the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I just feel that God is calling us to his presence. God has been calling us to his presence. It's been a greater call than it has ever been before. And when you do come to that presence of the Lord, there are great rewards those who come to the God when he calls on you but this call is stronger than it's ever been before it's so beautiful he loves us you don't have to be perfect for him to call you he you don't have to be perfect for you to come to the Lord you just come as you are who you are right now right now he loves you for who you are right now all your mistakes all your faults he loves you and he calls you and he wants more time with you he wants you in his presence he loves on you <sighs> praise you god i'm just going to read hebrews hebrews 11:6 but without faith it is impossible to walk with god and please him for whoever comes near to god must believe that god exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him he rewards us who do answer the call to his presence what does he reward us with he rewards us with salvation he rewards us with guidance with protection with strength and power with goodness blessings favor joy wisdom hope healing special gifts 
in Galatians 5, 2, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we wait, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. 1 John 2:27. as for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation which you receive from him remains permanently in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, he calls you so he can teach you. He gives you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. He gives you peace, the peace that passes all understanding. God is so good. He is calling us. God is so good. He lavishes his love on us. He pours his goodness on us. He wants us for him to love him and for him to love us. He wants us to spend time with him. He's there for us. He cares for us. Hmm. And like that song said, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. We don't look at what the problems that we have All of us have problems. All of us have things that we need God to answer. But instead of looking at those problems or telling God how to answer those problems or what he needs to do for those problems, instead of doing that, we need to just worship him. Worship him and have faith in him. He is going to answer all of our questions. He's going to answer all of our problems, our situations that we face. He says he goes before us. He's with us. He's behind us. He's all around us. How can we not have faith that he's going to answer all the problems that we have? And all we have to do is say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I put this in your hands. Lord, I trust you. Even if I'm having a hard time trusting, even though I take it back sometimes. But Lord, I give it to you, God, and I trust you. Because you are a good, good father. You are a good, good father, and you want good things for your children, God. And we give it to you, God. And we say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Thank you, Lord, for your peace that you give us, God. You are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to read this one verse. I love this verse. Matthew 13, 43, then the righteous, those who seek the will of God will shine forth, radiating the new life like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who hears to hear, he who has ears to hear, sorry, let him hear and heed my words. We're going to shine. We're going to shine like Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're going to shine like Jesus to others who don't know Jesus. 
So stop looking at our problems. I'm talking to myself too. I'm not just talking to you. But stop looking at our problems. Look to Him. Worship Him knowing He's going to answer. And then as we do that, as we learn to walk in that, others watch us. Others who maybe question, is there a God? Others who maybe question, I don't know God. They're going to watch you because you proclaim there is a God. And you proclaim his presence. And they're going to see and you're going to shine Jesus into their life. You may not have to say a word. You may not have to say a word. You're just going to shine Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. You may be seated. Happy Mother's Day. Yay. God is good. He's beautiful. I didn't bring a Kleenex and I'm crying. I always cry. Okay. We do have Mother's Day gifts for everyone. Thank you, guys. Got some baskets right there. If you'd hand out those to all women, you don't have to be a mother to receive a Mother's Day gift. This goes to all the women. So go ahead and pass those out. Thank you, guys. We have our youth coming and passing a little pin out for everybody. That's a gift to you. Amen. So make sure, if you didn't get one, raise your hand. They're coming, the ones up here in front. They are on their way. But if somehow you get missed, make sure you raise your hands. And Lauren and Sam, will you just watch out if somebody raises their hand and make sure they get a pin. I'm going to call Michelle up to do the announcements now. Good morning, everybody. And I just, before I do the announcements, I have just a quick little story that God wanted me to tell. I've had some boxes in the trunk of my car for like over a year. And they've just had some books in them, didn't have anywhere to put them, just haven't worried about them. But for some reason on Friday, I just had to get that box of books out of my trunk and put it up. And when I did, this Christmas card fell out of one of the books. And I was about to throw it away. But I opened it up, and it was from my mom from about six or seven years ago. And she talks about uh, living here in California and hearing the song Christmas in Dixie and how it made her miss me and everything. And there's no reason why this card should be in that book. There's no other cards, no other paper, just books. But that card was in there. And in the, at the end of the card, she says, I pray for you every day that God will give you peace and joy in your life, even though life isn't so good sometimes. And you all know this was back during my addiction, but God wanted me to see that because he wants all of you moms that are praying for your adult children to know that he hears you and he is going to answer your prayers. It might not be in the time you think, but he will answer them. And God wanted me to say that to all of you moms today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. So welcome, everybody. And um, if you're a visitor or haven't given us your email, you can fill out the little card at the back of the pew and give us your email. We'll give you updates. We'll give you the newsletter. We do not sell that email. We keep it just for ourselves. Um, and you can sign up for the weekly newsletter if you're not getting it. Uh, you can let Teresa know. 
um, uh, there's an email there that uh, you can send that and say that you would like to be getting that newsletter. It's got a lot of information in it. It's really good. Um, gathering opportunities. We have Wednesday nights, the women's Bible study meets, the men's Bible study meets, the youth meets. We have a lot of fun um, learning about God, talking about God. Um, everybody needs to come out. And also you've got your life groups. Um, if you're not a member of a life group, you can find one. They're really good for everybody. And Tuesday evening, there is a men's gathering in the gym. I think it's at 6.30, Tuesday evenings. Yes. Okay. This is a good time if you have friends, coworkers, or whatever that don't come to church. This is a good way to get them in a company of, you know, God-loving men. And so just bring some friends, bring your coworkers, anybody that wants to come out. The guys can get together and have a lot of fun. We are having a water baptism on Sunday, May 23rd. Um, I guess they're going to do two. Oh, no, it's between the 8.30 and 10.30 service. Um, and if you are a new believer and you want to be baptized, this is just to, um, you know, announce your faith and your new beginning to yourself and to the world. Um, or if you haven't been baptized in a long time and you would just like to recommit yourself, um, this is good for you. So that's Sunday, May the 23rd. Also, um, they are going to Israel June 6th, 2022. And um, if you want more details on that, you can get with the pastors. They can let you know how that's going to work. I think they've got quite a few people going already. Um, I wish I could go. I would love to go. But um, you walk where Jesus walked, and it just sounds like an awesome trip. So if you're interested in that, that's June 6th through the 16th, 2022. Um, you can listen to our sermons online. They have the podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, watching it on Facebook. Uh, but it's a good way to um, listen and uh Hear things that you didn't hear on Sunday. Listen while you're at work, driving down the road, whatever. It's really good. Also, Bob Saba, we're having a memorial service Saturday, June 5th at 11 a.m. here in the sanctuary. And uh, they'll have a lunch afterwards in the gym. Um, so if you want to come out and just um, show your support to Vivian and just say our last goodbyes to uh, Bob. And our missionaries, we have lots of missionaries. They do wonderful work. The missionary of the week is Light Life Freedom in New Delhi, India. Um, this is a wonderful uh, thing that they're doing. They're taking uh, children out of uh, horrible situations and rescuing them and teaching them about God. So if you would like to donate to them or any of our missions, um, you can just mark that on your uh, envelope whenever you put your uh, offerings up, whatever. <laughs> okay, so it's time for the tithes and offerings. Is there somebody to come around? Awesome. All right, so let's pray for our offerings. Dear Lord, I pray that you bless this offering and you bless those that give. I pray that this is used to expand your kingdom and to glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
this weary soul This bag of bones Drifting a vagabond, and just when I, and just when I ran out of the road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. And you picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master. Because you heal my heart, you change my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Good morning. My name is um, Angie Martinez, and um, I'm blessed to be here today. Very, very nervous, but blessed. Um, they asked me to speak. I was telling them that um, they asked, they had asked me to speak, and I was just like, "Oh, I got a message, I got a text, and okay, yeah, I'll wait on that." And then. Um, I think a couple of days later, another text came, and I was just like, no, don't think so. At the same time, my fingers are texting, sure. And I was just like, okay, Lord. And um, so we can be nervous in, in, in wanting to give his word, but we, the Lord knows what he uses us for, and he knows that... Um, that when he has a calling for us, we need to fulfill that calling. Um, but I'm just blessed to be here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, Father, you have brought all these women and everyone here today, Lord, to hear a message, Lord. And I pray that as this message goes out, Lord, that it will just, Father, touch the hearts where it needs to touch, Lord, Father, uh, to transform what needs to be transformed, Lord. And this message can go out in so many different ways, Lord, but wherever it lands, Lord, it's your way, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, for the privilege and honor of this, Lord. And just, I just ask, Lord, just let your spirit move in a mighty way, Lord. Thank you, Father. The title of this um, message is... Um, the figless tree. Um, honestly, I was going to call it something else, but someone said, ooh, that's a little bit harsh, um, because I was actually going to call it, if you don't give a fig. So, but got to change it a little bit. Um, but we're going to turn into Matthew 21, 18.
Matthew 21, 18 says, Early in the morning, as he was returning to the city, he was hungry. Who was he? Jesus. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. In another version it says, um, From the roots up. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now just a little bit of of info that um, I found out. And the reason that, that I started to, this had come to me a couple of weeks ago before they, they asked me, um, was I had found out that um, this, the fig tree, when Jesus goes up to it and he doesn't find any fig tree, well, find any figs, the thing about a fig tree is that the fig comes out first because the fig is the blossom. And so the leaves don't come out until the fig comes out because the fig is the blossom. And so we all know that when it's time, uh, then spring's coming and things are going to grow, you see a blossom, and you're like, oh, yeah, the, the, it's going to start growing. But the fig is the blossom. And the thing about that blossom is that inside the, blossom, inside the fig are many blossoms that are bursting inside of it. And so when we eat a fig, we're actually eating, and you feel that crunchiness and those seeds, that's actually the residue of many blossoms that were in that fig. And also, um, the leaves do not come out until that blossom comes out. So for Jesus to go up to the tree and see, and it says he saw the blossom, he saw the leaves. So he went and he examined it. There should have been figs because how, why would the leaves come out if there was no fig? And so all of this, also where Jesus was at, Beth's I want to say it right, Beth Page, that was called the house of figs. So how do you go to a house with no figs if it's called the house of figs? And so also the leaves in the tree are fragrant. They give out a fragrance on them. So here's Jesus, and he goes up to this tree, and he's hungry. He's anticipating. He's anticipating he's going to get breakfast. It's early morning. And he goes up. And there's nothing. One of the things that, the reason that it touched me so much is when I found out that the fig came, was the blossom and um, Jesus came up and he kept giving, a, God kept giving me a picture of Jesus walking up to it and Jesus walking up to it. And I was like, okay, God, why do I keep getting that picture? He goes, because Angie, anything I walk up to should bloom. Anything I go up to should, should have an effect. There should be an effect on it. And, and, and he started to remind me, didn't I tell the sea to part and it parted? Didn't I tell? And then he started reminding me of the staff where it bloomed and it was just a stick. And he said, he goes, so anything I come near... I anticipate there's going to be something there that there's going to, I'm going to be able to touch and affect something. So 
one thing we see, it was a lone tree. It was a tree that was all alone. One of the things the Lord says is, we cannot survive without him alone. To bloom, to blossom, we need him. We need to be in and close to him. We need to, Jesus sees the tree and walks towards it and he found nothing. The message Bible reads, he was anticipating a breakfast of figs. What made him think those figs on the tree were there while the leaves? But the leaves were just a dressing to cover what really wasn't there. And our lives can be like that. Sometimes our lives can be a dressing of we have this and we have that. We have the house. We have the cars. We have all of this. But it's just a dressing of what's not really there. And it's not wrong to want those things. It's not wrong to, to, for God to bless you with those things. But it is when in the middle of that house, in the middle of everything, God isn't the center. God isn't the purpose for it. You want, you know, we want to, to have um, better jobs for better money. What are we going to do with that money? How are we going to bless people? Um, and it says, so, you know, the Lord was saying the leaves were a camouflage of what really wasn't there. And he got closer. Jesus knew that what this tree was camouflaging was a lack of truth. No fruit was on the on this tree meant no substance of fruit. Much the same way Jesus knew what kind of men, because remember he had just he had talked to the chief priest, what kind of men the chief priests were. He knew there was really no substance. They just had the gowns, they had everything, they did everything the way they they should. They walked around, they cried out to you know when they when they fasted, they they went out in the streets and woe is me, I'm fasting and look at I'm starving for Jesus, and yet he already knew that he knew it was a camouflage, and um, there is an anticipation a hope and expectancy from Jesus that as he draws closer to us, there should be a fruitful life within us to find nothing when it was created to bring forth the fruit that would, that would nourish was not something he was willing to let continue. Jesus wasn't willing to let this tree continue to be camouflaged and to say, Oh, I bear fruit when in actuality it wasn't. And he said, and so our lives are meant to nourish a world who does not yet know the amazing fruit it has been given by their creator. That's what we're here for. That's what we serve the Lord for. To be able to tell the world that there is, a, there is something nourishing in Christ. That what you felt was dead, God can bring back to life. To speak, to have our lips speak out his name, but have our hearts without spiritual substance is to be like that tree of leaves with no fruit. If I walk around and I continue to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but I have no Christ-likeness in me, then I'm just like that fig tree. I'm a camouflage. But if I say, I am Christ, I'm a Christian, but I, and then God sees that Christ likeness and, and to be able to 
blossom inside, we all know when we, have, when we want to blossom inside, there are many things we have to do to draw near to God. We have to spend our time with him. We have to read. We have to worship. We have to be willing to say yes when we want to say no. But we have to be able to say, God, I may. And even when we're feeling those times when we feel like, God, I feel like there's no fruit. We've got to be able to draw, let him draw close to us and walk towards us and say, God, I'm here. And Lord, I don't want to just be a fragrant leaf. I want to be a leaf, the fruit, the blossom inside. I want it to be all internal so that it comes out in the external. Jesus not only anticipates more, but is hopeful that we would want more. He's hopeful we want more. He's hopeful that what he gives us, even when we have a taste, we will want so much more. And and for us to be like, uh, you know, I come to church and I do what I, what, you know, and even as kids, I come to church and do what my mom says. But God is always hopeful that you will open your heart to him because all of the things he wants to bud inside you are so amazing. You could never anticipate the plans he has for you like he does. He knows those plans. And the thing is, is he says he gave his all when he died for us. And you know what anticipate means? He acted in advance. In Latin, it means he acted in advance. Didn't he act in advance when he died for us? Wasn't that an act of an advancement? When he gave his life and said, I'm acting in advance that you're going to want to serve me and I'm going to want to bless you. And these things are going to be on that. He's going to give you these things. He acted in advance that you would come and say, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. But when he comes close and all he sees is a camouflage and he already acted in my and said, but I got, I had so much more for you. There was so many fruits that should have, that should be bearing on this tree that should be growing on that tree. In Luke 13, six, It says, and he told his parables, a man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for the fruit on it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, listen, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, sir, leave it this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. Perhaps it will produce fruit next year. And if not, you can cut it down. Now, this tree, you see, is not a lone tree. This one's surrounded by vineyards. This one is surrounded by life. This one is surrounded by growth. This one is surrounded by, um, and it's in a place where it says it's surrounded by them. And when I was reading this, the Lord says, it is like us when we're in the body of Christ. We're in church. But it hasn't produced anything yet. And, the, and, 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 you know, sometimes the enemy comes to and he tells you, what are you producing? There's nothing in you. 
But we all know we go through seasons and we do go through dry things. But I love that he said, Lord, let me work with it. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like Jesus saying, God, Father, let me work with it. Let me toil it. You know, I, I heard a statistic and it said the average age now that a, that a person receives the Lord is 14. 14. The average person they leave the Lord is 18. You have four years. We have four years. And I, I was thinking about Rebecca and Nick and I was like, Lord, oh God, let them be good toilers, Lord. Just bless them because he says, let me dig around it. Let me work with it, God. And in one, one version it says, let me pour manure on it, Lord. And sometimes we don't like what God does. Sometimes it's stinky because God digs those roots. And then he starts to dig around him. And we do not like when God gets in our mess. But then he has to fertilize it. And he has to say, no, because you know what? I know there's more growth in you than you think. I know you're capable. How long had this tree not produced anything? Three years. Three years. But yet, he, um, the worker said, give it one more year. Give it one more year. For us mothers, you know, we, we, we were like, Lord, when are you going to do something with my child? You know, but the Lord's always, but, but we're the ones that God's always saying, give me one more year. I'm going to put them through some digging. I'm going to put them through some stinky stuff, but I'm going to bring them back because they're going to need to know. They're going to start to realize, you know what? Only God can do. But you know what? Also, the thing we have to understand is you've got to be a parent that's serving God and blossoming. And you've got to be a parent that has the eternal blossom and the fig that says, I can, I can go ahead. I can do this. I can. They have to see it. Um, fig trees actually do not produce fruit until the fourth year when you plant them. It's not till the fourth year that you've worked with it that they will start to produce figs. So that tells us also, don't give up on your children. My kids drove me nuts. But I am so blessed and so amazingly spiritually proud to say that they all serve the Lord. And I have four of them. And I'm like, yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Um, Having God dig into your roots is hard. The past can hurt. Change can be hard. Past mistakes can bring up bitterness. But having God sift through you and fertilize that soil can stink. But those hurts, those changes, and bitterness can bring a hope that there is more to what is rooted in you and what the enemy is trying to keep you from producing. John 10.10 says... um, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. One thing that I want to say, too, about the fig tree, and it's going to seem a little gross, but bear with me. The fig tree has, it's called, it's a little wasp. It It feeds the fig tree, and the fig tree feeds it. 
See, this little wasp goes inside the fig tree. And inside the fig tree, this little wasp will hatch her little babies. And these little babies will start to eat and be nourished from that fig tree. And when they get to a point that they're big enough or, you know, mature enough, they start flying out. Isn't that what our what as parents we're supposed to be too? How about as a spiritual parent? Isn't that what we're supposed to be? That someone could come to this fig and, and be able to eat of it and be nourished by it and then fly out and go to some... And when they go fly out, they start to nourish another fig because what they be, leave behind starts to nourish the fig too. So aren't we supposed to be that for the Lord? For those who are around who do bear fruit, we should be the ones willing to encourage the growth. Micah 4.4 says, But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of our Lord, of the Lord our God forever and ever. Pick. That's basically what it's saying. Pick where you have what you want to serve. Pick. Do you want to just be a tree that's a camouflage? And you smell pretty good. But do you want to be a tree that's bearing fruit? Because that fruit that's blossoming internally is also feeding other people, is also feeding other babies in Lord that are going out, and they also are touching other figs that are growing internally. And those things that we have to realize who we are in Christ. What tree are you? I love the um, a figless one, a knee-tending one. If so, ask God to work on those roots, no matter how stinky it may be. Or, can't, or are you at peace with God that when he comes close, he sees all that he anticipates? Does God see all that he anticipates when he comes close? We all face many seasons, but in every season we have a vine dresser willing to work on us so that we can produce in and out of season. None of us are perfect. But we do have a perfect gardener. He is the living God. We all have a perfect gardener. And if we allow him to do what he needs to do, he will. Do you know that when, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, that he, it withered from the roots up? You know, those roots on a fig tree will be so massive and so big that they will start to take over everything around it and destroy it. Maybe what God was saying there was, I would rather that wither than than to hurt the people, my children around me. But you know what God can do too? Even as withered and it died and the, and the disciples were amazed, they were like instantly, when did the, it start to wither? The minute he said it and he started walking away. But the disciples were amazed by it. But the thing that I think about too is that God says um, that it started to wither and the muscles and the, the tree was so, the roots were so big. And I, I always, when I thought of that, I thought of our pastor, how he, she always says we're a muscle church, right? But 
A muscle can't do anything unless it's willing to work towards a goal. And so let's be a muscle church that works towards a goal to see everyone start to develop their fruit. And if God withered that, um, you know, when you think about it, I thought, geez, Lord, it's just withered. And was it hopeless? And God says, nothing in my hands is ever hopeless. But if I want to replant, I can replant. So this morning, if you think to yourself, God, maybe I've been a little bit camouflaged lately and I need to just let you start to produce something more. I want to blossom, Lord. We don't know how many blossoms go into that one fig. We have no idea how many blossoms go start to blossom in that one fig. But I can tell you this, every time, next time you look at a fig tree, you'll think like, ooh, I did not know. But how many, how many of us have said, Lord, I've been in a season, Lord, where I have not blossomed anything, but I need you, Lord, to help me. And if you need, Lord, to wither those roots that have kept me from producing, then wither them, Lord, and plant me new. Plant me new, Lord, because I want to bear fruit and I want to be the nourishment, not just not just receive yours, but Lord, I want to be the nourishment for others. Um, let's go ahead and pray. And if there is in you something that says, Lord, I want more fruit or Lord, I know I haven't been producing the way you want me to. Or, Lord, I want to be able to sit under the fig tree. I want to be able to sit under it. I want to be a fig tree that others can sit under, Lord, and they can be at peace with you. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that you acted in advance for us, Lord, that you look at each one of us, Lord, and you know what we're capable of. And you know, Father, that, Lord, there is a hope and a joy that you want to give us, Lord. Let us, Father, flourish. Let us um, blossom, Father, not just outward, but internally, my God. That, Lord, when you come close to us, Lord, that there will be a smile on your face because you will know that we, Father, are, are we are growing, my God. That each season, my God, is different, Lord, but each season, Lord, Blossom in us, Lord. We thank you, Father. And Lord, if there's anyone here, my God, who, Father, Lord, is going through something, Lord, that they feel like, Lord, I I don't feel like this, Lord, but I want to. I pray that your heart, your hands will come upon them, my God, that they will say, yes, yes, Lord, I want to blossom. Yes, Lord, I want to grow. Yes, Lord, I want to be the nourishment to others, Lord, or just, yes, Lord, Take those roots out of me that don't belong there anymore, Lord. And let it may hurt, it may stink, but Lord, do it because I want all you have for me. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of, of um, giving this word, Lord. But thank you, Father, for your, um, your love, Lord. We praise you and we worship you. Amen.
thing, yes. Thank you. The Lord's so good. The Lord really wants us to bear much fruit for him because he's worthy of it. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Carolyn, and it is such an honor to be able to speak. When I was asked to speak, the first phrase I got was, you are a restorer of village life and homes to dwell in. And this passage is from both Isaiah 58 and Judges 5. And today we're going to look at the Judges 5 section of Scripture because it shows us some practical ways how to be and do what he is calling us, a restorer of village life and homes to dwell in. And without the true living God, there is no way we could bear eternal fruit. There's no way. And eternal fruit and his purposes are in the lives of people. When we're rich towards him, that is eternal fruit. In Ecclesiastes 5.15, it says, Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb. That's our mother's day verse. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb. And as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. The only thing that we can take when we depart from this earth is our riches towards God. The only thing that we can take is what we have imparted in the lives of another by what Christ has done. The, our treasures that we can take to heaven our lives of people. And so when the Lord says that you are a restorer of village life and homes to dwell in, he's not talking about just merely looking at physical dwellings on this earth. He's not talking about when you see war-torn nations and cities. He's not just talking about the devastation in the physical realm of divorce and trauma. He's talking about eternal things and eternal homes being built in him. Our assignment as a restorer of village life and homes to dwell in is, is the restoration of the kingdom of God on earth. Our assignment in heaven is that we labor to see the restoration in men and women walking out not only in the future city of God, but walking out their fellowship with God now. Restore your fellowship with God today. Restore another's fellowship with God today so that together we can see him face to face. He is our eternal home. He is our eternal dwelling. The promised land that he promised is not just merely a land on earth in Israel. The scripture says he is our portion he is what we apprehend. He is who we bring people into the land of. He is our portion. We're not about an empty, a restoration of empty religion or an external purification. We're about restoring men and women to God so that each day they could boldly enter the throne of God and ask for help in their time of need. 
That's the restoration of villages and the building of homes to dwell them. We build that and we make straight the highways of God. We draw with cords of love to bring those who are far off into face-to-face fellowship with God and fellowship with us, his house, the house where his brothers and sisters dwell. So as we look at chapter 5 of Judges, we see that separation from God breaks down homes and shuts village life. Judges 5, 6 through 8, it says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted, and the travels walked along byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, until you, arose. Arose a mother in Israel. Arose a father. Arose a son of God. Arose a daughter of God. They chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. The scriptures say that highways became deserted because they lost and departed the paths of their God. In Judges 4, 1 through 3, it says, After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hezer, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, contrasting not a spear in Israel. He had 900 iron chariots, and he ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. For any of that seen the old-fashioned movie, I think it was Ben-Hur, where the chariots had the little things that devastated those around it. That's what Cicero's chariots were like. They had scythes, which is like a, a, a sharp sword that were on the orbs of the wheel. And the intention of that was because the charioteer would drive the chariot into the infantry, into the army that it was apprehending, and it would devour them. It would saute them. And so the chariots of Cicero are terrifying. If you can imagine the battlefield of hearing people be destroyed like that. And as I kept contemplating this passage, I, I see what I see in the earth, that violence is terrifying people. The devastation of COVID, it's not just COVID itself is the fear of it, and it is devastating people, and it's locking them in their homes. Village life has ceased in many places around our world because of the violence and the fruit of violence, which is fear. And so I have a burden in my heart, and I'm going to proclaim it, that this this corona king that thinks it's king, there's a king of kings, I proclaim where the enemy comes in with violence to produce a fear, a crippling, debilitating fear in people, I say there is one who has peace like a river. And Lord, for those in this room that suffer debilitating fear, I say your God is your peace. And I hear, I hear the taunting 
of PTSD. I've, I've felt it for a long time. That in the world there's a taunting of PTSD that says, I'm king and I reign in the lives of people and I lock them in their homes and I keep them from their jobs. But I say to PTSD, you are not king. And I bring it down and I speak to you that if you are locked in PTSD and you feel you have no hope, your hope is here. There's a living hope. And he's your rabbi. He's your teacher. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore your soul and heal your emotions where you hear the taunting and the violence that entered into your life. He's a restorer of the soul. Jesus, I ask, I ask in our land, restore the souls of those who are troubled by the violence of our land. Lord, those who have waged a good war for our country and they're troubled by PTSD, heal. Heal them, Father. The nurses and caretakers who have helped in hospitals that are overflowing, Father, and they're traumatized by the death at their death that they've seen, heal them, Father. Heal of PTSD, Father. Thank you, Lord. The scripture says that as as the days of Deborah and Barak and Jel, as the city life shut down in their time, and we see it shut down in our time, I say in our season, sons and daughters of God, advance the kingdom of God because you're the restorer of streets to dwell in. You're the restorer of homes. He empowers us with everything needed to be the restorer of village life. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Arise like Deborah and Barak when they sung their sign. In Judges 5.12, it says, wake up. Deborah had to say to herself when she got the command, Barak had to say, arise. I say to you, wake up. Stir yourself up. Because you're the restorer in your household. Stir yourself up. Wake up, Deborah. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up and sing a song. Arise, Barak. Arise, woman of God. Arise, son of God. Lead your captives away. Lead your captives away. The days are short. (laughs) The days are short. I don't know if it's because I'm entering 58 the days are short can you believe how far into the year we are the days are short stir yourself up where village life has has ceased stir yourself up with who christ is don't give your victory over to another don't give your victory over to another we see that when deborah came to barak in Judges 4, 6 through 9, she said, This is what the sovereign Lord said. The God of Israel commands you, call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Neteli and Zebulun and Mount Zebor, Tabor, and I will call out Cicero. I'm going to call out the enemy, God says, the commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots 
and his warriors to Kishon in the river. There I will give you victory over him. It was proclaimed. And Barak told her, I'll go, but only if you go with me. Deborah said, very well. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor on this venture. For the Lord's victory over Sisera would be handed to a woman. And so I say, stir yourself up. Stir the word of God up that was spoken to you and do not give your victory to another. And if you've given your victory to another, get over it with guilt and shame and stir yourself up and get up and do the command. The next time he says it to you, don't be shrunk back in guilt. Do the command that he says to you. Find others to join with and multiply each other's restoration effects. In Judges 5.12, it says, Israel's leaders took charge. And the people gladly followed. Praise the Lord. When there's people following and, and there's a, a army together obeying the Lord, praise the Lord. Because I need you. And you need me. Praise the Lord that there's a volunteer army. Because we need each other and we're the way to make our effectiveness multiplied. Because I can only... When it's asked to build the church, I can maybe get a pallet of bricks in India dollars. I can do that. But look what's been done together, the effectiveness, the multiplication. A church is built and another church is built. Look what's done together as we fund an orphanage, as we fund Life Light Freedom. Because we could send money, but who's hugging the babies? Who's hugging the babies of the Mackay house? We could send money, but who is the great army that's feeding them and caring for them? Who's the one that's giving them the words of life to live by? We multiply our effectiveness together. Our actions have an effect on the restoration of multitudes. Because what Deborah did, what JL did, what Barack did, they didn't just free their own oppression. They freed the oppression of their tent, their home. They freed the oppression of their city and their village and their nation. They freed the oppression off of us because we read 3,000 years later, we read what they did. And it inspires us to have the victory in our day. It inspires us to restore our villages, our homes to dwell in. Because if they had the spirit of God, what do we have? We have something better because we see what the cross of Christ has done. We restore by bringing God's victories for our families and cultures. JL is our example of power and might of our God when he gives a word because he gave the word that the victory is going to come from a woman. A prophetic word. That, do you think she even heard it? But what inspired her? The word of God was accomplished on earth. She broke the oppression of wrong family alliances. The enemy 
And she broke the power of the culture that permitted the enemy free access in her home. Judges 4.17 says, Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jael. She was the wife of Haber the Kenite because there was peace between King Jabon and her husband, Habar. So the enemy came into her tent because there was peace. And the word peace is shalom. There was shalom with the tyrant. Tyrant, come into my tent. Tyrant, let me feed you milk. And J.L. cut that alliance because she knew in her spirit, don't call everything peace that people say to you is peace. She cut that alliance and crushed his head. And we have a way in our family that is more powerful. The dysfunction in our family does not have to be our alliance. It does not have to be. The, the mental illness in our family does not have to be. The ways of divorce and all the many things in our family doesn't have to be because we have the cross of Christ that is greater than the hammer and tent peg of jail. And so we can cut that false alliance of peace in our family and we can be like jail. And even go against the grain of the culture of her day. It says, it says in Judges 5, 24 and 27, Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Haber the Canaanite. May she be blessed above all women who live in tents. Cicero asked for water and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him yogurt. Then with her left hand, she reached out for a tent peg, and with her right hand, the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera with a hammer, crushing his head. With a shattering blow, she pierced his temple. He sank. He fell. He lay still at her feet, and where he sank, there he died. So gruesome. So gruesome. And I thank God that our battle isn't against flesh and blood. But it's still a gruesome battle. The enemy still wants to rear his ugly head. And we have to crush it with the power of Christ. J.L. severed ties with fierce, oppressive enemy that her culture mandated. Because she was a nomad culture who lived in the desert. And in the desert, they had to travel vast areas where there was no 7-Eleven. There was no convenience store to stop in. There was no Marriott. There wasn't Disneyland on the way to their vacation time. But what it was, there was hospitality. And they, their hospitality culture was so great that they said, even if your enemy comes into your tent like Cicero one day, you give him milk. You give them blankets. That, she did those things because that was her culture. They left their tents open, and that was their culture because it's, it said there was unconditional access to tents along the way. In her culture, they understand that hospitality in the desert is indispensable for life there, 
and it is open hospitality for everyone's mutual benefit. There is a proverb that said, today's host is tomorrow's guest. So they didn't want to turn somebody away from their tent because on their trek, they need somebody to open the tent for them. The value of this host acting was a value that they would even protect those in their tent, those who came to their dwelling. It is so ingrained in her mentally that even an enemy must be received as a guest. The things of our culture can get so ingrained in us mentally that even if it's in conflict with the kingdom of God, your culture is screaming at your head. You must not do that. That's not of our culture. The backdrop of this style of hospitality was that allowing a guest to be harmed under one's roof was a sin beyond forgiveness. So when JL went contrary to her culture, in her mind, she was committing an unforgivable sin. But we know that's not true. But for us to rise up against the culture, we need a greater culture. And that culture is the kingdom of God. That culture is the cross of Christ. That culture is the way, the truth, and the life that we could say, this is a lie. This is not the shalom of God in the tent of my mind. I will not feed these thoughts in my mind good things to keep them going. I will take the thoughts. I will take the words of my culture, the words of the culture in my family, and I will crush them with the power of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that that is our lot. Thank you, Father God, that we are restorers of tents to dwell in. Thank you, Father God, that in our land, Father God, the village, the highway of God has many travelers on it father god the highway to god is full like a a traffic jam here father god but a traffic jam moving father god because in you we live and move and have our being father i thank you that this word is spoke today on mother's day when we're going to our families father god and that the culture of our family is kingdom culture Father God, I thank you that, Father, that when we see where we're outside of the kingdom of God today and these next weeks, you just smile with us and you say, there it is. That's yours to be a restorer in. That's your home area to dwell in. There it is, son. There it is, daughter. Walk in it. Crush it. Oh, there it is. Crush it. And you give us songs to sing. Father, I thank you that this passage of scripture is a song. Because a song is so easy to lead us in victory. A song is so easy, Lord. Because we can say we have a power greater than the hammer. We have the cross of Christ that destroyed every work of the devil. The cross of Christ that destroyed every the work of the devil. Father, you prepare a feast before us. As we, we go and we sing this song, Father, I thank you that there is a feast before us to strengthen us. 
there's the beauty of your holiness. I thank you, Father, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And the enemy doesn't have anything to eat, but we have a feast with God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, and as we close and sing this song, I want to release the Spirit of God into our Mother's Day. I want to release the Spirit of God into our culture and our families. I want to release the feasting of the communion of God and the fellowship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. There is a table before us. It's a good feast. It's a table that you prepared for me. The presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. This is how I find my battles. And I. This is how I find my sisters and brothers so if you need prayer come forward but I also want to say dance dance it's easy for me because I do daycare and you can get weird in front of daycare and they just giggle and I'm like I've never been a dancer and I'm not whatever but you could just get silly in front of them and they think it's hilarious 
but do it for yourself. Sing the songs in your home. Sing the songs of victory. Dance the dance of victory. Loosen your body up for the Lord because he's worthy of it. Praise God. Prayer teams, come forward if you would. And anybody who needs prayer, feel free. Happy Mother's Day. Sing it may look. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how my victories. My victories in Jesus' name. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. 